0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now.
1: Good morning and welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here, hour number two. On this Tuesday morning, it is January the 18th, 2022, 8.02 on your Tucson Tuesday, and we are live here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. You can also listen via the live stream on ESPN ESPNTucson.com, or you can download the podcast. You can download the podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple, uh, Amazon, um, Audible, Stitcher, TuneIn, anywhere you, you download your podcast, you can get the Jeff Dean Show podcast there and listen uh, mysteriously in the future. And uh, regardless, uh, we do appreciate you tuning in here. I know you have a, a choice of where to get your sports news information and opinions from, and we appreciate you choosing the Jeff Dean shows. we are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. We will be talking some local stuff coming up here in just a little bit. In fact, our number two will be mostly locals. we talk about Cardinals football here to start off our number two before transitioning into some college basketball uh real quick before we get into the cardinals my picks uh on thursday i did pretty good i i mean i mean not not terrible essentially four and two um in my picks over the weekend <clears throat> i thought the raiders would close in a little bit better on the bengals i had the bengals winning that game 20 to 19 they actually won 26 to 19 i had the raiders plus four and a half they didn't cover the spread but it was it was close and um, I think if they you know if they kicked one more field goal uh it would have uh it would have made things uh they would have covered so we will think uh, uh again it it was it was a good game and I think the Bengals are going to be that one and done team they'll win a game and now they get to go into Tennessee and get beat up by King Henry and those Tennessee Titans who are waiting for them. Um I had the Bills and Pats in a close game I had the, I, I did have the Bills covering the 4 point spread um, I added a 19-13 game. Obviously, we know what happened in that game. The Bills and Josh Allen just absolutely went off, when that game 47-17, but that's a dub for me because picks against the spread. Um, I almost nailed the Bucks and Eagles game. Like, al- almost nailed it. I had the Bucks winning that game 34-13. The actual score was 31-15. Regardless, Tampa Bay did cover the 8.5-point spread. That's a dub. I had San Francisco beating Dallas twenty six twenty four. San Francisco covering the three point uh, the covering the three point spread, the plus three spread. Uh, actual score twenty three seventeen, so that's a win. Um, I had Pittsburgh playing in a closer game than uh, than than what actually happened. That game was a blowout, 42-21. I had it 24-17. I had Pittsburgh covering the 12-and-a-half point spread we talked about earlier. Does Vegas know something I said um, in that? Uh, so there's uh, there's that. And in the uh, the Rams-Cardinals game, I gave the Cardinals way too much credit. Um, I had the Rams 34, the Cardinals 30, the Rams covering the 3 point spread, which obviously did happen, but the actual score 34-11. to So that was uh, that was a... a, a uh, again, giving the Cardinals' offense a little too much credit there. What what happened to the Cardinals? Like, I mean, like, like seriously, like, like what like what happened to the Arizona Cardinals last night? Because it didn't start well, it didn't end well, and the middle was just as bad. Um, the Cardinals went what was it eight eight consecutive possessions with either a punt or a turnover and it was like the first time first time in playoff since like the 1980 uh Raiders and Browns game like they were the, the, the offense was just horrible and and to say it was horrible is an affront to the word horrible and the Rams it was it was easy for the Rams Stafford threw 17 passes in the game it was way too easy so let's take a look at at what exactly happened here number one the cardinals were just completely outplayed in every aspect of the game and i mean every single aspect of football you cannot you you can't say the cardinals outdid the rams in any one thing of of the game of football positive wise the Rams were more physical than the Cardinals were. They were more disciplined than the Cardinals were. They were more buttoned up. They were better prepared. They were better coached. They were hungrier. They were better in the run game. They were better in the passing game on both sides of the football. They were better on special teams every single aspect of that game. And like I said earlier, the Cardinals are lucky it wasn't 52 nothing. Not that it matters because, you know, point spreads don't matter essentially. It's just wins and losses. But that game could have been a hell of a lot worse. If you're just looking at scores, because it was played that way. So what what happened to the Cardinals? Why why the horrible showing? Because uh, and, and I'll be honest, they played worse than any team in Super Wildcard weekend. That was the worst performance of all of the teams. Nobody played worse than the Arizona Cardinals did. The big build up, the team that was you know, the, the best team in the NFL for the first eight to, eight to ten weeks of the season, right? Everybody had them as their number one team, number one on the power rankings and all that stuff. They had the best record in the NFL for a while. They were looking electric. Offense was unstoppable. Defense was playing great, balling out. And they just got steamrolled. What happened? I, I Again, I, I go back to the word identity, and I know it's it's like beating a dead horse. You guys are probably sick of hearing about identity. But here is the identity of the Cardinals, because, and this is this is because of their head coach. I'm going to... I'm going to give you a little statistic here. This is courtesy of the Action Network okay? on, on Twitter. They, they tweeted this out yesterday. <clears throat> In the nine seasons that Cliff Kingsbury has been a head football coach, these are how his seasons have ended. Okay, We're going to go all the way back to 2013, his first year at Texas Tech, rookie year at Texas Tech as, as, a, as a head coach. He lost five of his last six games. <clears throat> okay, 2014. He lost four of his last six games. 2015, he lost four of his last six games. 2016, they lost six of their last eight games. 2017, they lost six of their last eight games. And in his final season at Texas Tech in 2018, they ended the season on a five-game losing streak. Enter the NFL. The Bidwill family and Steve Kime decide to bring in a coach that has an under 500 record who was fired from his alma mater who couldn't win games late in season. To be the new head coach of their NFL franchise, their billion dollar NFL franchise. His first season, 2019, the Cardinals lose seven of their last nine games. In 2020, all they have to do is win a game and get in. They lose five of their last seven and lose out on the playoffs. And this year, 2021, they lose five of their last six. That is the identity of the Arizona Cardinals as the current construction is with their head coach. They come out the gates early. They look good. They look unbeatable. And then you get some film on them and they just completely break down. That was one of the most pathetic performances I've ever seen in a playoff game, ever. They didn't try to establish the run. They, I know, I know that James Conner was not healthy, but I'll tell you what, He's the only guy that showed up. He's the only dude that showed up for them yesterday. Nobody else. Everybody else was out there just kind of going through the motions, forgetting that they were trying to win a playoff game, that there was no tomorrow. James Conner, who – had we hit the ball four times total in the game, five times he caught caught a ball too. Four, Four rushes and one catch. I know he's out there with bad ribs. I get it. He's the only dude who showed up. Only dude. That was a pathetic performance. They were – it was very obvious early that they were getting outcoached, that Sean McVay was just completely outcoaching Cliff Kingsbury. And not. And I'm not just talking about just game time uh, adjustments and things like that. You could tell that the Rams were completely prepared for everything the Cardinals were going to try and attempt to do. And that the Cardinals – Look like they were playing a team that they had never seen before. The Rams just completely demolished the Arizona Cardinals, and it was over before the game began, apparently. You can, you, I mean you can tell when you when you watch a game, you can see that th- that team's not prepared. Like they're, they're not ready they're not ready to go. They weren't ready for the moment. And look, Kyler was terrible. Kyler Kyler did not do his head coach any favors last night. that throw from the end zone my God, what on earth are you thinking? I mean I get it things aren't going well for you you're just trying to make a play you're frustrated you're getting hit in the backfield imagine imagine if you will you're a you're an NFL team and you you know you, you have the quarterback position that needs to be filled now imagine, if you were to have a quarterback who had this ridiculous like fast twitch muscle reaction, could get out and make people miss, and had blazing, blinding speed, could accelerate from 0 to 100 within just a couple of steps, somebody who can accelerate that quickly and be able to get themselves out of harm's way. Imagine having a weapon like that as your quarterback. Oh, wait, they do. Connor Murray didn't run the football. He had... Two carries last night for six yards. Just didn't run. Is the ankle that bad? The ankle that he injured in the Green Bay Packers game was that? Is that? Is that what what caused them all these problems? Because he was, he was terrible. He didn't look like the Kyler Murray that we expected to see or that we're that we're familiar with. So where does that you know where does that blame lie? I don't think there's any blame to go around. I think it's you got to give credit to the L.A. Rams. The Rams were ready for that game. They were more physical, they were better prepared, they were better coached, and they had better players. And you get the result that you see there. Again, like I said, maybe the the most pathetic performance I've seen out of a playoff team, certainly in in recent memory. There have been a lot of blowouts in the playoffs and stuff, but this is a team who... Came in, you know, a, a team who could have challenged for a division win in the most difficult division, the toughest division in football, the NFC West, and that's that's what they look like in their first playoff game. You get an extra day to prepare, and like, what were they doing? Bowling? Like, <laughs> I mean, seriously? It was it was that bad. Kyler, Kyler Murray's quarterback rating was seven point six, seven point six. Uh. It doesn't it doesn't get any worse than that. Like, you you, you can't. You, I mean, you can throw the ball in the dirt 40 times and have, have a better quarterback rating than that. Now, Cardinal fans on Twitter last night were like, oh, things would have been different if we had DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, really? So you, you're saying that DeAndre Hopkins was going to be able to block Aaron Donald or Von Miller, that he was going to be able to throw the football to the other receivers? that he was going to run the football out of the backfield, or hell, DeAndre Hopkins was just going to coach the team in the week of preparation leading up to a playoff game? Yeah, no, no, no. L- let, me, let me tell you, DeAndre Hopkins does not mask all of the problems that appeared and reared their ugly heads in that game last night. Sure, he probably makes a little bit of a difference, I mean, do you really think, based on what you saw last night, that Kyler Murray was going to be able to get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins twelve times for 184 yards and three touchdowns? No way. Yeah, by the way, they have Jalen Ramsey on the other side. He's pretty good. You may have heard of him. It was it was total domination, and like I said, it began, it began on on last Monday, not la- not not last night's Monday. It began last Monday. That butt whipping had been going on for seven days as Sean McVay was preparing his team and his coaching staff was preparing his team to have a dogfight and defend their home turf and be ready and be buttoned up and be disciplined. And meanwhile, the Cardinals are like, eh, we're going to show up. We're going to throw the football around a little bit. we got this fun little quarterback, and he's going to run around. None of it. None of it happened. None of it. Not a single bit. So what's the future for Cliff Kingsbury? Kyler Murray for that matter. Steve Kime, the GM. What what's the future? First of all, I've said all along that with when you when you when the Cardinals went out and made this hire, that Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury were going to be tied at the hip. They they were going to be attached to one another. Come hell or high water, sink or swim, they were going to be attached to one another. So it's not the firing is not going to come from Steve Kime. The firing has to come from Michael Bidwill. If Michael Bidwill wants to get a new head coach, he's going to have to fire his GM too, because you can't, you can't allow that general manager to make another bad hire. Right? I mean, look at, look at the decisions that the Cardinals have made under Steve Kime, whether it be coaching decisions, draft day decisions, free agency decisions that they've had to immediately reverse on. Like, where you you, you you hire a coach and then a year later you're like we, we, we got to hire somebody else. this is not working. They draft a quarterback they they trade up to draft a quarterback in in Josh Rosen out of UCLA and immediately have to reverse course and draft another player number one overall because they they were like, this is the biggest mistake we've ever made but those those fall on the general manager and yes. They have made some nice picks over the over the years. Sometimes a blind squirrel finds a nut, and they've done some nice job in free agency. I mean, really, they they've brought in some good players in free agency. They have not been able to really cultivate a whole lot of those players because they've brought them in later on in years and things like that. DeAndre Hopkins was a nice, obviously a really nice get. Uh, that was a gift from Bill O'Brien in what is considered quite possibly the worst trade in NFL history. <laughs> so the Cardinals took fine advantage of that. But I'm telling you right now, those two are tied at the hip. Steve Keim and Cliff Kingsbury, if you want to get rid of one, you got to get rid of both of them. Now, I don't think that you can fire Cliff Kingsbury at this point in time because the team, the, the win-loss record has improved. They made the playoffs this year, okay? The offense has improved since he got there. of course it's you know, although it didn't show up last night. but something has to be done. like they they, they they have to figure out what it is that this team has stuck in its head, or whatever Cliff Kingsbury does to teams that they can't finish seasons. They can't finish out a season. they, they just it, it, it's, there's proof in the pudding. It's all right there in the numbers. The numbers don't lie. Cliff Kingsbury can't finish out seasons, so you got to figure out how to how to reverse course on that. If if this team doesn't improve and if things don't get better, if the Cardinals start off the season next year eight and two, and then go two and seven, including another playoff loss down the road, you know down the down the stretch and you know the final second half of the season, whatever you want to call it, then he's I mean it's it's like it's a bleeding, gaping wound. And a trend that has to stop. And at that point, you, you throw out—you just throw out the baby with the bathwater, right? And you know, you always—you always hear that. Don't throw the baby with the bathwater. You got to throw out everything. You got to strip it down and start start over. Does it start over with a new quarterback, though? Personally, when the when when the draft was occurring, my take on Kyler Murray was I wouldn't touch him with a ten foot pole. I I said that. Time and time again, I would not have drafted Kyler Murray if, uh, regardless of the standing of my team and what my team looked like, you couldn't have paid me enough money to draft Kyler Murray because I'm not going to take a diminutive, tiny, you know, little quarterback who had one breakout year. And yes, his athleticism is off the charts. He's a he's a phenomenal athlete. Okay, we see a lot of phenomenal athletes playing quarterback, and they play quarterback. Not to mention, he still got his eyes on baseball. When he was drafted, he was asked about it. What do you, what do you think about your baseball, girl? I may revisit that sometime down the road. <laughs> Wait, didn't we go through this already with Josh Rosen not being interested in playing football? So, look, huge mistake. I, I And, again, this is not a reactionary thing based on what I saw. I have said it all year long. And, and I, Look, I like Kyler Murray. I think, like I said, he's a fantastic athlete, and he's fun to watch. He's not a quarterback. You want to win a Super Bowl? He's not a quarterback that's going to win you a Super Bowl. When many, many years ago, when the 49ers drafted Alex Smith number one overall, and 49ers fans were like, yeah, we got Alex Smith, and I go, that guy is not capable of winning a Super Bowl. That, that was my take from day one, and I hated that pick. I, I hated that pick from day one because I just – in in my opinion, you can tell when a quarterback can win you a Super Bowl or not. Now nobody saw what Tom Brady was gonna do, drafted in the sixth round, la la nobody nobody knew that. Till so you saw him play and you're like, Oh, this guy's like really good. But there are certain players you can just you can just look at him and you're like, That guy can't win a Super Bowl. I don't think Lamar Jackson is capable of winning a Super Bowl. I don't think Baker Mayfield is capable of winning a Super Bowl. And I don't think that Kyler Murray is capable of winning a Super Bowl. I just don't. And if you have a quarterback that is incapable of winning a Super Bowl, what are you doing with your time and your money? So play it out. Let's see what happens next year. Let's see if the team improves. Let's see if Kyler Murray can get better at quarterback or, or find the love and the passion for wanting to play the game and the position the way that it should be played. And then... See where you stand at the end of 2022. Next year's not going to be a throwaway year. Like I talked to the Cowboys, if you keep Mike McCarthy, you're throwing away next year. I don't think the Cardinals are throwing away the 2022 season by keeping Kingsbury, Kyler, and Kime. I don't think that at all. I think the team will do just fine again next year. They'll be healthy and they'll they'll win games. they they've got a great roster, uh, you know, as do, you know, twenty other NFL teams in the league. But they'll win games. What do they look like at the end of the year? Are they capable of winning a Super Bowl? Otherwise, otherwise you're just wasting your money. So we'll talk about that in the weeks, the days, and weeks to come. But last night was an embarrassment, an absolute embarrassment. It was a joke. The NFL playoffs are in full gear. Everyone can get in on the action with that risk-free bet on FanDuel Sportsbook, whether you're a seasoned veteran on FanDuel Sportsbook or – if you're still waiting and you know want to try to dip your toe into the waters as a new customer, all customers are going to get up to ten dollars back if your SGP, just that your same game parlay doesn't win this weekend. You can and you can customize that same game parlay any way you want. You can do three legs, five legs, seven, nine, whatever. Get crazy with it. You get ten dollars back. you can make a10 dollar bet and have some outrageous SGP, and you never know. I was showing off to some friends. Uh, there was a FanDuel Sportsbook bet uh, last week. It was an NBA bet on first first uh, score of the game. The guy bet 50 cents and won $111,000. I'm not kidding. Like, this kind of stuff can happen. Now, if you're like me, I'm expecting fireworks in Kansas City and Buffalo game that's coming up on Sunday night, the, the final game of the uh, divisional round weekend. I like both quarterbacks to go over their rushing yards. I like both tight ends to score a touchdown. And I'm going to throw in a money line pick. I'm making a five-leg SGP. It'll give me great odds. And if I don't win, I get my 10 bucks back. Look, there's plenty of reasons why you should be betting on FanDuel Sportsbook. This is just one of them. They're, the app is super easy to use. The transactions are safe and secure. And when you win, you get paid out in as few as two hours. And like I said, if you already have an account, great. Use your risk-free parlay on any divisional round game to qualify, and new customers just need to use my promo code to get on this. Now, when you use my promo code to get on this, Dean, that's my last name, just use my promo code when you sign up. Not only will you get the $10 SGP risk-free, you also get 30-to-1 odds on any team to win a divisional round game. So you can bet 5 bucks and get 150 bucks back on whichever team you think is going to win. If you like the Packers and their big, you know, they got a five-and-a-half point spread at home against the Niners. Maybe you bet the Packers. Throw five bucks on them. If Packers win, you get one hundred fifty bucks. But you got to use my promo code Dean when you sign up to be able to access that promo. That's exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Twenty-one and over in present in Arizona. Bonus is issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Expires in seven days. Max bonus is ten dollars. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call one eight hundred Next Step or text Next Step to five three three four two. When we return. A weekend full of Wildcat basketball action over the past weekend and some controversy on the women's side, plus some women's basketball tickets all coming up in the next 35 minutes or so. Stay tuned here to
0: The Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to The Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: Welcome back in the middle of hour number two here on the Jeff Dean show. Remember the uh, women's basketball tickets coming up, your chance to win those. Just be listening for your cue to call. We've got uh, a pair of tickets to the uh, Friday game at the McHale center as the women's basketball team takes on Utah. That game is at uh, 7 PM. So be listening for your cue to call could happen anytime in the next 20, 28 minutes of the show. So be prepared. Um, We're going to talk some Arizona basketball right now. Now, there was some things going on in the association last night in regards and to Arizona basketball as two former Arizona assistants found themselves walking the sideline as a head coach in the NBA last night. Um, first off, there was Jesse Mermoyce, who was the head coach of the Orlando Magic last night. No, Orlando Magic are terrible. They've got eight wins on the season. Uh, they did lose their game to the Portland Trailblazers last night not surprised orlando's awful like they're they're just they're bad they got a bad roster uh not a good basketball team but jesse who's from tucson graduated from south point and uh had a stint coaching you know was in a, an assistant in you know several areas of course um throughout his career and uh, so you know happy to see him on the sideline there he was uh assistant at pima Um, he was an assistant at U of A, he was assistant in the Lakers uh, organization. So uh, Jesse Mamoise getting uh, his opportunity to be a head coach in the NBA last night because of the other two coaches on the Orlando Magic in COVID protocol. And then Joseph Blair, our boy Joe, who has been very successful in his short stint of being a head coach in uh, NBA, you know, of course, you know they won the championship. The um, uh, the Rio Grande team that he uh, coached, uh, Rio Grande Valley, the, he coached a couple of years ago, won the G League uh, championship in 2019. And he is uh, he has been on the Washington Wizards staff. Now, he got his opportunity to be a head coach, and they crushed it. Like, they killed it last night. In fact, um, I didn't even know that he was going to be the head coach. I had put the Philadelphia 76ers – in one of my parlays, or in a, like actually two of my parlays, I had 76ers on the money line, in two of my parlays. Just thinking like, all right, the Wizards stink. The, the 76ers are going to take care of business. And uh, not say the Wizards stink; they just gave up a lot of points. I just didn't like the matchup. Um, <laughs> and Joe Blair takes over there as the as the head coach for you know for the um, uh, for Wes Unsell Jr. who has, is in COVID protocol, and they. St- Stomp the lights out of the Philadelphia 76ers, beat them 117-98. So our boy Joseph Blair doing Lou Olson proud last night, getting a big dub in the association, representing the U of A well, representing himself well. Look, Joe is a – he is one of the coolest, nicest guys on the planet – um, we all miss his mom very, very much. Not, Of course, not as much as, as, as he does, obviously. Um, but Joe did a great job while he was an assistant here under Sean Miller for three years. And uh, I miss seeing Joe around McHale Center. But, man, it is good to watch him pacing the sidelines there. And he is destined for a head coaching job in the NBA. He is he has proven himself to be very, very good. And uh, it's just going to take him a little more time, I think, to get himself into a position where he can be a head coach. But, man he proved it last night they i mean they they stomped philadelphia last night i think they led the entire way like it was like it wasn't a game <laughs> it was good for good for joseph blair and uh, very very proud of him and then it was stanley johnson last night for the los angeles lakers coming off the bench to give them you know ignite a spark in the uh, in the la lakers and their victory breaking off their three game losing streak and uh, beating the utah jazz last night in la Stanley Johnson comes off the bench 24 minutes and fills up the stat sheet. 15 points, five rebounds, three assists, a block shot – or two block shots, rather. Uh, He got a steal in the game and looked really good. Now, he's on his third 10-day with the Lakers, third 10-day contract with the Lakers, and there's a good chance that they could sign him through the remainder of the season the way that he's played. He looked Really, really good last night, I was watching some of that game, and uh he was getting some and ones going and uh just looked you know looked really comfortable out there playing and uh they the Lakers you know they they shrug off the the losing streak and now of course the the rumors are that frank vogel's gonna be fired their head coach they've just breaking a just broke a winning a losing streak, and now Frank Vogel's gonna be fired even though they're without anthony Davis who's becoming one of the more uh i guess injury prone players in the nba they're without carmelo anthony last night they don't have a great roster to begin with russ has not been playing well uh but you know fire frank vogel that's you know, that's the that's the answer to everything all right we're going to take a timeout. when we return we'll start talking some arizona men's basketball as they get a double win over the weekend against the rocky mountain schools and women's basketball in some controversy specifically head coach adia barnes we'll talk about that next right here on the jeff dean show
0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson. It is time to give away those women's basketball tickets. Get your phones out and get ready. Please do it safely if you're driving. Call 520-719-1490. The phone number is 719-1490. We're going to take caller number two right now at 520-719-1490. You're going to get yourself a pair of tickets to go see Arizona women's basketball take on the Utah Utes this Friday at the McHale Center. That's January 21st. Uh, The game is at 7 p.m. Those will be digital tickets. We will send them to your email, so you can just scan them, or you can print them off if you want to, but uh, you know, the best thing to do is just put them on your phone and uh, scan them that way. So be caller number two right now, 520-719-1490. Get yourself a pair of tickets to go see the women's basketball team this Friday night taking on Utah at the McHale Center. You know, they would be there to cheer on the team, watch them bang the drum, and uh, see if they can get a dub because they've, uh, they've been struggling a little bit lately. Now, We'll start with this because it's been a controversy over the weekend. It's been hotly contested on the socials and such, and that is the rivalry that has continued. Look, This has not been – this is not a new thing for Adia Barnes and Kelly Graves. Kelly Graves is the head coach of Oregon women's basketball. Um I have I have only been to a, a couple of women's basketball games, one of them being a game that was played at the McHale Center, uh now three years ago against Oregon. And I will tell you this, and and look, I don't I don't cover women's basketball. That is not you know, it's not you know, my area of expertise. At this point I am more a fan of Arizona women's basketball than I am someone who covers women's basketball as a sport. I mean, I I talk about the sports and things like that, but I'm not you know, I'm not at the press conferences. Uh, you know, and I've I've talked with Adia on several occasions. And I love Adia Barnes, um, but at, at this point, in this in in this you know portion of the you know of my time you know with ESPN Tucson and all that kind of stuff, I'm more of like a fan right now than I am as somebody who covers a team. I will tell you, and, and the reason I'm saying that is because of this. Even in the you know few years. You know, well, since since Adia Barnes got hired, essentially, okay, and they started to turn things around and started to to generate a lot of interest uh, there in Tucson and and nationwide. Uh, um, I've been interested in in you know women's basketball, and you know, just more than just like oh, the women's team lost again. You know, several years ago uh, in previous iterations of the program. I can tell you this: in my limited scope of access to the world of women's basketball. If you asked me what my opinion was of Oregon's head coach, Kelly Graves, I would tell you that I have not only witnessed myself, but have heard from other people that he is a complete jerk. Um, and t- t- look, the way that he treats his players is I- – I mean, if a, if a men's coach were to treat his players that way because the cameras are on him and all that stuff, people would be outraged. But because – The women's sport doesn't get as much coverage as the men do. We don't often see it. That guy gets in these girls' faces and screams at him, and he stomps up and down the sideline, and he's screaming at the ref. I mean, he is one livid human being, like, all the time. Now, Oregon used to be really good. Sabrina Unescu, of course, was there, uh, one of the great scorers in college women's basketball history. And since then, they have not been as good. In fact, this year, they're just not very good at all. Now, in this game up in Eugene over the weekend, the women, the Arizona women's team, established a 17 point lead. I was watching it. I was, we were at the, I was at the Utah game on Saturday, preparing for that game, and I'm watching the score on my phone. I'm like, okay, we're up 14, we're up 15, whatever. I'm like, good. We're, you know, we're cruising now. We've got this little, you know, whatever it was that that caused the our, you know, our. To, to to you know stub their toe in Corvallis a couple of nights prior and have to get a last second shot from Shayna Pellington to win that game against a bad Oregon State team. We we've shaken that off, we're, you know we're we're doing okay now. We're we're cruising. We're you know we're laying it to the uh, to the Ducks, and apparently they went up seventeen, and then blew the lead. Game goes to overtime and the Wildcats lose in overtime. Now after the game, Adia Barnes was quoted as saying essentially that that. There was a lot of home cooking going on there that the officials didn't call a fair game, that the game was heavily tilted towards Oregon. Again, I didn't get to watch the game because I was at McHale Center preparing for Wildcats and Utes. If a coach says that, there's usually a good reason for it. Like, like, it's it's palpable. And other people have corroborated her story and basically said it was a really lopsided game as far as the the officials' calls go. But – the real story about this is what happened afterwards. Apparently, and apparently there's a video of it. Now, the pictures that are circulating around the social medias are not from that game. There's a picture of Adia Barnes flipping somebody off, and it happened in the tournament run last year when they took the timeout and were stomping the guts out of UConn in that Final Four game, and she was talking to her teammates in a private you know, private, you know, know, private, huddle, basically, and, and used her middle finger as a you know way to, to you know basically pump up her team to hype up her team. So those are the pictures. Like this is Adia Barnes flipping off head coach Kelly Graves. That is not the picture that that's not an accurate depiction of what happened. According to people that saw the video, she gave a finger gesture to the Oregon bench as they were exiting the court. Now other players have stepped up to her defense, including Yina Bendu, who basically said that that Coach Barnes actually showed a lot of restraint based on what the other coach was saying, what Coach Graves was saying to her and about her in that game. Um, And a lot of the players are basically saying that, yeah, he was screaming obscenities at her, he was cussing her out, he was – saying some really awful things to not only to Adia Barnes, but to her players. Uh, I, I can absolutely believe that based on what I've seen and what I've heard about Kelly Graves, the head coach over there at Oregon, I would absolutely believe that. Is it, is it a reason to flip him off as you're leaving the, the court? Ah, I don't know. I think as a head coach and I, I know that, I know that, that, Coach Barnes burns hot, and, and I, we love that about her. We expect that out of her, and we want that out of her. Her players want that out of her. It's, it's a reason why she's so successful. She's she, she burns hot. I just think as a head coach, you might want to just show a little more restraint than that, like just a little more. And, again, I'm sure he deserved it. He probably deserved a hell of a lot more than a middle finger. And I, I'm not – saying that you know what she did was terrible and she should be fine and all this stuff because i don't think she should be it's 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 a middle finger <laughs> like what are we like what are we talking about here she didn't go up and and assault him she didn't punch him she didn't kick him she didn't throw anything at him she flashed a middle finger at him who cares <laughs> okay but it's 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 a bad optic but i will say this it's going to make for one hell of a scene at the McHale Center on February 4th because that's when Oregon comes to town to play the Wildcats. Um, that's going to be a fun one. If you are looking for some damn good entertainment, I highly recommend buying tickets for that game because that's going to be off the chain. That's going to be insane stuff. Because, listen, Wildcat fans, Wildcat fans in general – can be very passionate and we love that about you. Wildcat basketball fans are even more emotional and passionate. The Wildcat women's fans are diehard. Like they are ride or die. And I'm not saying that the men's fans aren't, okay. The women's basketball fans are a different breed. Like, like y'all <laughs> like they will they will die on that hill for Adia Barnes, and look, so would her players. That's the effect that she has on people. It's a magical effect that she has. She is an amazing motivator. Um, <laughs> that's going to be interesting stuff. And, look, people are like, oh, the Pac-12 should get involved. Involved with what? Like, what What do they want to do? Just, say, just have a little private conversation with them and say, hey, why don't you guys play nice? Screw that. Don't play nice. Listen, I don't want coaches flipping each other off. You know, it's like it's like that scene in uh, in Remember the Titans, right, where uh, we're, you know, the, the 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 racist head coach is is you know on film and he says like I'm not going to do anything to help that monkey or whatever, and then Denzel Washington's character, of course, Coach Boone, at the at the post game handshake, instead of shaking his hand, just hands him a banana, <laughs> just looks at him. I mean, that's like that's funny stuff. I don't know if that actually happened or not. Uh, the real Coach Boone would have to uh, would have to confirm or deny that. That kind of stuff is funny. Like flipping another coach off. I'm sure he deserved it. Probably not the best look for you, but again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that she should be in any trouble for it. Should she have done it? Probably not. Should she be in any trouble? Absolutely not. It's a finger. It's a gesture. <laughs> I just, it's 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 funny to me, but it is going to make for a very interesting scenario and scene at the McHale Center coming up February 4th as the uh, the Oregon Ducks come to town. So maybe come to town. I don't know. People are already saying that they're going to have a, 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 a surprise COVID outbreak in Eugene that week. Maybe, maybe that will be the case. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, we'll put a big bright red shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show right here on ESPN Tucson. <laughs>
0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: Welcome back. Final segment of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Congratulations to Michael Gordon. Really cool name, by the way. Michael Gordon, (laughs) like so close to Michael Jordan, right? Michael Gordon was our winner of those women's basketball tickets. Congratulations, Michael. And uh, thank you for listening and uh, enjoy the game this Friday against uh, Utah. And uh, we'll have more tickets for you throughout the week. We also have some other fun tickets that we're going to be giving out. We have family four-packs to the Tucson Roadrunners coming up, uh, a game that's coming up in two weekends from now. Um, we'll talk more about that tomorrow, and how you can win those tickets. Family four pack to Star Wars night at Tucson Roadrunners. So that should be fun. Um, real quick before we uh, before we get out of here, I, to- I promised I'd talk some Arizona men's basketball, and gosh, I just get so wrapped up in talking about other things that I just wasn't able to get to everything today that I wanted to. But that's typical for the little two hour show that we do here. As the, the men's basketball team sweeps. The Rocky Mountain schools at McHale, they drubbed Colorado on Thursday, 76-55. to Kerr creesa has 10 assists, a new career high for him in that game. Only scored two points. Only took five shots. Only only five shot attempts in that game. But uh, 10 assists for Kerr in that game. Looked really good distributing the ball. He was making some no-look passes in that game. Looked really, really easy. And uh, Colorado's a good, buttoned-up, well-coached, especially on defense uh, team, and he carved them up. Um, and like I predicted, like I said, was going to be the key to the game. It's the bench was going to be the key to the game because of the long layoff and the possible rust. It was important for the bench to, co- to come up with some big minutes in that game, and they did. Justin Kier and Pella Larson combined for 26 points and nine rebounds, and Umar Balo was fantastic defensively in that game. He brought a lot of energy on the defensive side. He was really, really good. I think he had two blocked shots in only 11 minutes in that game, um, and I, I just remember you know watching him run down the floor he was running with the bigs and was able to get into position um, just played good solid defense protecting the rim like he's supposed to do bringing the energy had a, got his got his hand on a couple of loose basketballs out there um, and created some some great defense for the wildcats so props to the bench in that game against Colorado um, you know I know that They had the 14-point lead early in that game. They only led by four at the half. K.J. Simpson went off in the first half. It's 14 points in the first half. He was looking really good. And you can see why Sean Miller liked him so much. Uh, But then, look, the Wildcats shut him down. He only scored three points in the second half. Wildcat defense really, really locked it down in the second half and uh, looked really good on their way to cruising to that 21-point victory. Then on Saturday, um, they just completely dominate Utah in the paint. Um, 82 to 64, the final in that game, and they did it without their point guard, Kirk Rea, who uh, I'm at the game, and I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm watching the warm-ups, and I notice one thing that's missing. I don't see a headband out there. I'm like, where's Kerr? Ah, he's not playing tonight. I'm like, oh shoot, COVID. Okay, that's that's a problem. And then we found out after the game that it wasn't COVID. That he was quote horsing around at the pregame meal and got himself hurt. kids man tell you what <laughs> coaching college basketball or college anything no thanks oh horsing around and uh gets himself hurt and he missed the game he'll be ready for the game this thursday as they travel up to stanford we'll have more of that but uh julius tabelas huge game 32 points he was a monster they used a 21 a 21 run to win that game All right, that's going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Mary back in studio for all her hard work. Of course, congratulations to Michael Gordon, our winner. And uh, be sure to tune in to Spears and Ali today from 3 to 6. And I will see you guys again tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. for another edition of the Jeff Dean Show right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN
0: Tucson. Thanks for listening to The Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson, KWCX, Tank Verde, KMXZ, HD for Tucson.